Hey, hey. <gasps> Welcome to Queer Street. And, you know, I have to apologize. This episode is coming out a day later than normal. And, you know, it's not really my, well, it is my fault, but who cares? You know, it's my podcast. But normally I record these on Wednesday night, obviously, because I have Thursday is when they're released. But last night, Wednesday, my whole schedule was thrown off. I didn't have the kids um, like I normally do. And so my whole Wednesday routine was thrown off. And so I just completely slipped my mind to record. Woke up this morning and I was like, what the hell? <sighs> Son of a bitch. So here I am. I have them tonight back into my routine. So now it's time to to go to Shadyside once more. We are going to talk tonight about the 14th book in the series, The Knife. Now I'm going to come up and be, front, but be up front with y'all. This is not one of my favorite ones, y'all. I'm, I'm not a fan of this one. So, you know, I just, I'm not, I can't help it. It's not one of my favorites. And, uh, eh, eh, eh. but we're going to talk about it anyway, because we have to, that's, it's, it's my job. So The Knife, this one was published on January 1st, 1992. So happy new year. We are in yet another year here in Shadyside. We're in 1992. Oh, it's going to be a good year, I think, for Shadyside. Probably not. You know, there'll probably still be murders and stuff, but you know, it's going to be a new year, damn it. So this book comes in around the average 163 pages like normal. And um, the cover, if we look at the cover, it's pretty cool. Bill Schmidt does a good job. We've got this smiling, um, looks like a candy striper or orderly at the at a hospital. She's wearing like this like smock and she's smiling. She's facing um, the the reader facing you, but she's looking at a man and all you see is his back and behind his back, he's holding a scalpel. So it's, it's not a bad cover, Bill. It's not a bad, it's not a bad cover. And the tagline says, in this hospital, people are dying to get out. <laughs> but um boom very, very clever, very clever tagline. And the blurb on the back says, shh, there are a lot of things they want to keep quiet at Shadyside Hospital. In fact, just about every private room holds a private secret of its own. Poor Laurie Masters. The student volunteer innocently happens to stumble onto one of the hospital's sickest secret of all. Laurie has seen too much, and now the doctors and nurses are taking a close look at Laurie. What they come up with is a deadly diagnosis. Laurie may not be sick, but she's getting a prescription anyway. A prescription for horror. Now that blurb sounds good and all, but y'all, it, it, it does not match up with the story. It doesn't, it just doesn't. Like it sorta does, but not really. Like, like it just doesn't. It's you, As you'll get into it, we'll see it. Um, first of all, every private room holds a private secret of its own. Uh, dude, we only, we're only in one little part of the hall. I don't know what they're talking about. Okay, you know, like, Maybe there's some other ones. And, you know, as to my knowledge, there have been no other um, Shadyside Hospital books. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Mr. Back Cover Blur writer. So that's frustrating because it does not fit. And then secondly, the doctors and nurses are taking a look at Lori. That's not what happens. That's not what happens. Come on now. There's some false advertising shit. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. But we're going to get right into it. So. You'll see why I'm happy because you will see how this story does not follow with this blurb. So whoever wrote the blurb, I don't hate you. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the blurb. Okay, we can do better than this. 
We need to do better than this. So we open up. Um, instead of getting right into the story, we have a prologue. We meet Lori. We know she's hiding from someone and she's thinking, where is the knife? Okay. This is my, okay. I love a good prologue. I like this, but this brings me to my next problem. Knife. Guys, let's call it what it is. It's a fucking scalpel. I mean, if we look at the cover, he's holding a scalpel. And I don't know if they go around in a hospital calling it a like, surgical knife. I thought it was just called a scalpel. Like whenever I watched Grey's Anatomy and ER and Chicago Hope, I didn't watch Chicago Hope that much, but you know, they never said, hand me the surgical knife. It was always like scalpel, nurse. You know, it was, you know, like 10 blade or whatever the hell they yell out in, you know, the moment of drama. But it's not a knife, right? Am I wrong? Somebody tell me, I mean, is, is a scalpel called a hospital knife or a surgical knife? Is that another term for it? What the hell's going on here? Because I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it. So chapter one comes and it's one week earlier. We're introduced to Lori Masters and her best friend, Sky Keeley. Is there anything better for a name in the early 90s than Sky? S-K-Y-E. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm here for it. Um, I'm here for it. That name was going around a lot. There were lots of Skies. You know, and and sets the tone, y'all. So anyway, they're best friends. They're both working over the summer at the children's hospital. They're volunteers. They're candy stripers. You know, running errands, doing that kind of crap. So they're um, the hospital's undergoing construction of a new wing to be called the Fear Wing. I mean, and it even makes a joke. It's like, you know, who wants to call that? fear in the hospital, you know, fear, but it apparently is being named after a long descendant of Simon fear of fear street, um, fame, uh, Franklin, and he gave a bunch of money. So now they're building this new wing. So there's a big part of the hospital that's under construction and this will come into play later on. So we've got Laurie and she hears a small boy crying in his room. She goes in there, reads his chart. His name is Toby Dean. He's in there for pneumonia. Well, in walks this nurse, and her name's, name is Nurse Wilton. And we will find out she's quite a bit of a bitch. And she's like, what are you doing in here? It, it's no use. He won't talk to you. Get out of here. You don't belong in here. Because, you know, she was like, what's the run? Or, you know, he won't talk to her, yada, yada, yada. So in walks Nurse, you know, Ratchet. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, you know, I love me some Sarah Paulson. She is my queen. I loved Ratchet. So we're going to, in order to make myself happier with this book, we're going to assume that Nurse Wilton basically looks like um, almost said Sarah Michelle Geller, Sarah Paulson and Ratchet. And that's going to make me a little bit happier. Okay. So chapter two, she's having lunch with Sky. They're talking about the raffle tickets to raise money for fear, the fear wing. There's a little red Mercedes Benz up for, you know, is, is what the prize is. Right. So Sky's talking about how she has two dates this weekend. Cause she's a hoe, you know, Jim Farrow and Eric Porter. And Lori's like, she's trying to get away from uh, and break up with this guy named um, Andy Price, but it's a little harder than that because his dad is a super prominent doctor. Um, uh, Doctor Price is his name. I don't think we learned his first name. <laughs> and at the hospital, and so, but she just she's not into him. He's just really clingy, you know, a little like me, I guess, you know. And she finds him annoying, and so she's just trying to find a way to get him off her back, right? So. And then as they're sitting there talking, up comes, up comes this cute guy described as kind of a cute, cuter Tom Cruise with red hair. I don't think Tom Cruise, would, well, I don't find Tom Cruise that cute, period, right now, uh, to be honest. But I also don't think Tom Cruise would be that cute with red hair. So I don't know. But anywho, he comes up, 
He introduces himself as Rick Spencer. He's another um, teenage student volunteer. And they're talking, you know, kind of flirting, getting to know each other. When all of a sudden, um, Laurie hears a code blue for Toby's room. She freaks the hell out because she's all of a sudden attached to this poor little boy. So she runs up to the children's wing. She hears Toby crying. She bursts through the door and there's Nurse Wilton. And she's trying to draw blood from poor little Toby. And she yells at her again. She's like, what are you doing in here? And and um, Lori's like, I heard the code blue. She's like, you moron. She doesn't say that, but you know Nurse Wilton is thinking that because she's a bitch. She's like, that was for... Uh, that was for 503, not 903. That's the surgical room. She's like, get out of here. So Jenny feels real bad. She gets out. She goes and talks to the little head nurse lady, nurse Jenny Gerard. I thought that was kind of a fun name. And, you know, she's, she's like, what's going on? How is he? You know, and, um, up walks this large woman and it's Toby's mom and nurse Gerard is saying, we can't let him go. He's not ready. Maybe tomorrow, you know, the doctor's just not ready for him to go yet. And then mom is just trying to get him out of there ASAP Alapa. So she hears this. She sees Nurse Wilton leave the room. So she goes back in to talk to me. She's like, it's okay. You know, they say you might get out tomorrow. It's okay. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. It's okay. Just stay strong. You know, she's trying to be a good, a good little candy striper. And she gets this feeling like she's being watched. And when she turns around, she sees Rick duck into the door of the construction. And so she's immediately on heightened suspicion about him. So chapter four, she um, she lives with, we find out she lives with her aunt Hillary, who is some kind of like accountant or whatever, because she talks about doing audits. Um, she lives with her because both of Lori's parents were killed in a boating accident when she was young. <gasps> How gruesome, right? So she lives with her and she goes, and so her aunt works lots of late nights. It must be getting close to tax season. But um, it actually is getting close to tax season. So if you haven't done your taxes yet, like me, go ahead and get them done set fast, okay? Get your money from the government or give the government more money. Shit. I mean, come on, really? But um, so she gets home. Her aunt's not there. And she's like, oh, it's late. Where is she? The phone rings. And it's Rick. And he's like, hey, your friend gave me your number. I just want to say, hey, check on you. You know, you want to get together? And she's like, um, no, I have a date. And she just feels uneasy. Remember, she's, she's getting these very, like, creepy vibes from him. So then she calls Sky and she's like, hey, did you give my number to that boy, um, Rick? And Sky's like, um, no. <gasps> Y'all, then how'd she get her number? Or how'd he get her number? So the next morning she gets in, she wakes up, she gets a note from Aunt Hillary. She came home late, but she's got to get to the hospital early. She's not time to eat a leisurely breakfast and wait for Aunt Hillary to wake up. She's got work to do at the hospital. She is on Snoop Patrol. So she goes there and right as she's getting ready to leave, Andy calls and he's all like, hey, and she's like, oh, she's trying to rush him off the phone. She's like, shut up. I'm so tired with you. So she goes to the hospital and into the gift shop and she buys Toby a teddy bear. And she's like, this little raises spirit. So she goes up to his room and finds it empty. And she immediately, I mean, she immediately thinks oh, he's dead. I mean, <laughs> she calm your tits, Laurie. I mean, come on now. He, maybe they moved into a new room. Maybe he's been discharged. Let's not jump to conclusions that he's dead. He had pneumonia. He was not on, you know, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, you know? So, but she freaks out, goes to the nurse's station and we're, but she sees uh, Toby there with his mom and he's dressed and packed and ready to go. So she gives Teddy, Teddy, she gives Toby the Teddy and she tells us, you know, you're being very brave. You know, when you were nervous, here's the teddy bear. Now you got to go. Your mommy's waiting for you. And he looks at her and he's like, she's not my mommy. 
Now I'm getting very, I see dead people, Haley Joel Osment creepy vibes from this Toby kid, but you know, it works because it comes into play later. So, you know, and so Lori's like, what, what? And Toby's like, she'll be mad at me, you know? And so, but she calls him and so he ends up going with her. And so Lori's like, what the hell's going on? And so she confronts Rick and she's like, hey, were you here last night? I thought I saw you. He's like, no, no, I wasn't here. And she sees um, as he's there at the nurse's station, a box full of surgical knives, like not like a box of them, but I guess like, you know, I took it to mean like, you know, like when you see, when you watch like the chef shows, the reality competition, they have like their knife set and it all rolls up. That's kind of what I thought it was. But anyway, he once again calls them surgical knives because I guess they're not scalpels. Again, I don't know what the hell is the difference, but it bothers me because the picture on the front's a scalpel. I thought that's what doctors use. I didn't think they use knives. That makes it sound like they're hacking into you like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it frustrates me. Sorry, it just does. So she's immediately like, oh, he stole those. Now he's a thief. He's a liar. So she's like, what's going on here? So now she's really freaking out because poor Lori, she's freaking out about Rick. She's freaking out because she thinks Toby's in trouble. So what does she do? This only sensible thing to do is to sneak into the head nurse's office and go through the files, right? So she goes in there, gets his address information. She's like, I'll go check on him. You know, I'll, I'll figure something out. She's almost caught by that bitch nurse Wilton, right? Okay. So in order to um, escape from her, she runs into the construction area and then she um, gets away and then she grabs onto a corpse. <gasps> Turns out it was just a dead body on a gurney. She had stumbled into like the anatomy lab, I don't know, or something. And um, there's just a dead body laying there on a gurney, you know? I mean, come on, people, put away your dead bodies. I mean, these things have a sell-by date. They need to be refrigerated. Anywho, so she's like, ah! So she needs to get out. So she's like, ah, but then she hears something moving in there. So you know that bitch hightails it out of there because she's already freaked out. She's like, I do not need to have one more thing on my plate. So she can't find anything. So she gets out and then who should she stumble into or not stumble into, but come across is nurse Wilton talking to some man in a quiet, hushed voice. And she's, so she's kind of trying to overhear what's going on. And she realizes that it's Andy's dad, Dr. Price. So she's like, Hmm, something is not right here. So later that night, she's talking to sky sky's out um, at dinner. They're out at Pete's Pete's, pizza parlor, you know, cause that's the happening place to go to in Shadyside in 1990s. And so she's telling them about Toby. She's telling them about everything that happened. And she's like, you know what? I got his address. They live on Fear Street. Of course they do. She's like, I'm going to go check on them. Y'all need to come with me. I got to figure out how to get there. And she suddenly was, oh, 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 I'll go pretend to be selling um, raffle tickets, you know? And so she's like, y'all come with me. I'm not feel comfortable. So they agree to go with her. Because, you know, what the hell else? What else they got better to do other than, like, you know, traipse across town to Fear Street and harass some lady? So um, so they go there. Toby's mom answers. And she seems kind of edgy. And they hear a child crying in the background. So she's like, I'm here to sell um, raffle tickets. And she's pressuring her. And the mom's finally like, God, fine. I'll buy a fucking ticket if it'll just get you off my porch and out of my hair. So when she goes to get her purse... Um, Laurie sneaks in because you know why the hell else not? And so she sees Toby hiding and he's all pale and thin, but he doesn't seem to recognize her. And so now she's, of course, even more freaked. And then Mrs. Dean sneaks up on her, 
doesn't sneak up, I guess it's her house, but she's like, comes to Connor and she says, you need to get out now. And she, but she still buys the raffle ticket, so there's that. I don't know. I mean, and spoiler alert, we don't find out who won the red Mercedes convertible. Come on, Mr. Stein, tie up those loose ends. I don't know. I, I need to know who won the raffle. I mean, it's it's by no means an important plot point, but I just want to know. Um, it, it make it maybe it maybe it would make up for the fact that that's a fucking scalpel and that we're calling them surgical knives. I don't know. I still can't get over it. So the next morning she gets called into the um, head nurse's office, the supervisor, and she finds out she's being transferred to x-ray because nurse Wilton has kind of complained about her that she's not being helpful and that she's rude. So she's asked that she be transferred off her floor. And so Laurie tries to explain herself to no avail. And, you know, the, basically the nurse supervisor is like, look, Nurse Wilton's great. She's got senior nurse. You know, she don't take no shit from nobody. And I'm not getting on her bad side. So you're going to go work in x-rays. So she has a horribly boring day in x-rays. And so what in the afternoon she decides, you know what? I'm going to go apologize to Nurse Wilton. Maybe I can get back on the children's floor. And so what she does is she goes there and she um, goes to find Nurse Wilton. And uh, she ends up sneaking into the construction zone. And then, uh, oh, blah, 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 sorry, she does not do that. She goes to find Nurse Wilton, and while she's at the nurse's station to ask about her, she sees Nurse Wilton sneak into the construction zone, and then Rick follows in. So she's kind of just hanging out there like, I'll wait for them to come out. That's when I'll talk to her. And then she waits 10, 15, 25 minutes, and nobody comes out. So she sneaks in herself, and as she's walking around, you know, it's, I picture this, you know, one of those construction zones where, like, there's, construction shit, you know, all those things like tools and whatnot. I don't know. I'm not in a construction clearly. Um, and, you know, but like all that plastic sheeting, you know, you, you know, the vibe I'm getting right. So, and then as she's walking around, it's very creepy. She comes across a dead body on the floor. Who is it? Mm -hmm, that's right. It's that bitch nurse Wilson. She is dead and homegirl once again has a surgical knife. Ugh. Scalpel sticking in her throat. So clearly she freaks the hell out, leaves. She goes, she runs into Sky, tells her, they tell Nurse Gerard, Nurse Jenny Gerard, and she pages the doctor, Sherman, and pages security. And when they get there, they all go in, they're like, show us what ha happened. But there's no body. Of course there's no body. Of course there's no body. So then they all think she's joking or, you know, just being a bitch. And then Dr. Sherman's like, wait a minute, I know what's going on. Um, did Dr. Brooks put you up for this? This is our game of gotcha. Apparently, you know, they just play like, you know, like practical jokes. And so <laughs> Lori's so confused, bless her heart. She's just so, so troubled. And so, um, you know, overtaken with all the drama, but Sky understands what's going on. So she's like, oh yeah, yeah, we won't tell him, but yeah, you got him. That's, he was trying to play a trick on you. He's like, oh, okay, okay, good. And so nurse Jenny Gerard is basically like, you need to take your damn shenanigans away from my floor. This is bullshit. This is a this is a damn working environment. We are working. So um, so she uh, she's like, you know what? I have to go to Toby's house to get more answers. I need to figure this out. And it had to have been Rick. Rick had to have killed the nurse. And so once again, before she can go to Toby's, before she can do anything else, that Lori she sneaks back in to go through Toby's file to see if she can find anything she might have overlooked the first time, but the file is not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So next day. Oh, excuse me. I'm a yawn. Oh, excuse me. Next day she's with Sky 
And they found out that called the nurses. Apparently, Nurse Wilton has the day off. Mm-hmm. But Lori knows that she's dead. She's like, I know it. She's like, tonight we're going to go to Fear Street. You need to come with me. So she looks in the window. And who does she see? But she sees at, oh, and Sky's like, no, I'm not coming with you. So she ends up going alone to Fear Street tonight. Because, of course, she sees Toby sitting at the table. He's all pale and thin and sad looking. And there's some strange woman sitting um, by him and a suitcase next to the table on the floor. And then Mrs. Dean, Toby's mom, comes in with some strange man. They pick up the suitcase and Toby's crying. And he ends up leaving, getting in a car with this man and woman and leaves. Okay. And... Lori's like, what the fuck is going on? But then as she's sitting there still snooping, snooping, she hears a child screaming from inside the house. So now she does not know what the hell is going on. She's like, can this, can this mysterious circumstance be related to the murder of that bitch Wilton? You know, maybe she doesn't know. She's like, I need to go talk to Dr. Price. You know, he's, I guess he's maybe like a chair. He's like, what's his face on Grey's Anatomy, the chief. Um, and so, um, so she goes there to speak to Dr. Price and she's like, look, um, I, I, um, oh no, 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 no. She goes home. Sorry. I'm, it's late y'all. It's been a day. So she leaves. She feels like she's being followed. Turns out, and her car won't start. Turns out it's Rick. Luckily at the last minute, her car starts. She speeds home. Her aunt is still not home. So she calls Andy and says, Hey, um, I'm glad I need to, uh, 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 interview your dad for something. Cause she's got to find out or she's got to, you know, use, find out some kind of way to talk to, to his dad. She's like, can I come over tomorrow and interview him? He's like, yeah. And then he tries to talk to her and she basically just like cuts him off and just like hangs up on him because she, she's like, look, bitch, I didn't really call it chit chat with you. I got bigger problems going on than with you, dumbass. So, so, um, she, <laughs> so she gets, she's home. Um, no aunt is there. She um, she hears a sound. She goes and checks. She doesn't see anything. And she's up upstairs showering, getting ready for bed. When she thinks she hears her nurse come, her nurse, her aunt come home. Oh my gosh, y'all, I'm sorry. She thinks she hears her aunt come. And she's all like, what? And But it's not her aunt, okay? So she's like, hmm, okay. So she's there's somebody in the house. She freaks out. And then the phone rings and it's Rick. And he's like, why did you run? And she's like, look, I know you're up to no good. I saw you steal those knives because apparently they're not scalpels. And she's like, I don't know what's going on, but yada, yada. He's like, um, I was on an errand. You know, those were, those knives were being delivered to a doctor. That's what I was there for. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, but you need to stay away from Fear Street, you know, or you could get into some trouble. And now she's like, oh, no, he did not just threaten me. But, you know, apparently he did. So Saturday morning, the next morning, she's got an interview with Dr. Um, Price. Okay. So she goes there. She kind of brings up the bitch, Wils Wilton. And he's all like, she's like, I haven't seen her. I, You know, she tells him what goes on. He's like, you saw a dead body? What the? He's confused. So he calls into the hospital. Turns out that bitch, Wilton, is on, that's her new name, by the way, in case you haven't figured that out. She's on vacation for three weeks, okay? So now, Laurie's like, oh, well, she doesn't know what the hell to think now. So she brings up Toby, and he's like, he's like, why are you, what's going on? So he's really confused. 
he's like, look, look, honey, I'll figure this all out. Maybe you need a vacation. He actually tells her maybe you need a vacation. He's like, maybe you need a vacation. Maybe you're stressed. I, you know, so maybe you just need to take a few days off, but I'll figure it out. So Andy's awake, though, as she goes to leave. They get into an argument because she, she doesn't want any of his shit, and he just wants to hang out. And she really is is does not have any want to be around this poor Andy. So she's going to the mall to see Sky, and she's going to update her on everything. Who, but who should she see? Who should she see? That's hard to say. In the parking lot, but Mrs. Dean with Toby, and this time Toby recognizes her. And so now poor Laurie basically thinks she's going insane, right? So she um, she is freaked out about this. She meets up with, with Sky, tells her about everything going on, and he tells her about the scene Toby again. And she's like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Maybe I'm just going crazy. And Sky doesn't really have a response for it, you know, probably because she thinks, bitch, you crazy. Okay, <laughs> Molly, you in danger, Laurie. And so there's a storm coming, so she goes... Um, she goes home. Aunt's not home. She calls Mrs. Dean and she's like, hey, I just want to check on Toby. How's he doing? Can I talk to him? And she's like, no, there's really no need for you to keep calling me. Hang up, you know? And she hears Toby screaming in the background and calling her name, you know, actually calling Lori. And then she hears a slap and hang up. And you know, Lori, mm -mm, she is not having this. You're not going to hit that little baby. You're not going to hit that baby. So she leaves. And she sneaks into the house, of course, because that's what you do. And she hears Mrs. Dean. She's talking on the phone. So she sneaks in. And as she's kind of looking around trying to find where Toby is, she finds some, feels, she feels someone's hands on her and they push her down the stairs. She wakes up tied to a chair. Um, again, here's Mrs. Not again, tied to a chair. Again, she hears Mrs. Dean on the phone talking about her, saying she knows too much. We need to get rid of her. So Laurie's saying, oh, my God, now they're going to kill me, just like they killed that bitch nurse Wilson, Wilton. She's like, so she kind of starts rocking the chair back and forth to get to the table to get some scissors, okay? And then she hears a noise like somebody's coming. Turns out it's just Toby. And she's like, oh, what are you doing? Are you okay? You know, not cut me loose or anything. She's like, why didn't you recognize me the other day? Is everything okay? And he looks real confused. And so finally she comes to her senses. She's give me the scissors. So he goes and gives her scissors. She cuts herself loose and she's like, we got to get you out of here, little baby. It's okay. I'm going to save you. It's, it's candy strap or Laurie to the rescue. So she grabs him and takes and leaves only to find his mom running after them, screaming in the car, but too late, too late, bitch. I got your kid. I'm going to save him. She's already in the car. So she goes to call her aunt, and um, because her aunt, you know, as I told you, is an auditor, she's working at the hospital. So she goes to call her at the hospital and the message left for her is like, oh, her car broke down. Will you come pick her up from here? So she's like, that works fine for me. So she drives there. On the way there, she hears a news report that Nurse Wilton's car has been found in a deep ravine and Nurse Wilton has been found in it and is dead. Well, now Laurie is sure that this bitch Wilton had it coming. I mean, she didn't like her, so she had it coming, but she didn't have to have that. You know, so she's like, what? She's freaking out now. So she gets to the hospital, leaves little Toby with um, the head nurse at the children's floor and goes to find her aunt. Only as she's getting there, 
She sees Rick following her in. She runs to the elevator, gets in just in the nick of time as the door closes, Rick's coming to her. So she gets off at the ninth floor, the surgical floor, in case you were wondering, and there's Nurse Jenny Gerard. I just love it. Nurse Jenny Gerard. She's like, have you seen my aunt? And, Jen and Nurse Gerard's like, no, I haven't, you know? And then she sees Rick coming. So she wants to stay away from him because she's sure that he's going to kill her or do whatever. So she um, sneaks into, or it's not sneak, she just kind of ducks into the construction zone, right? And she hears him follow in. And this is where we get to the prologue piece, okay? She's damn sure he's come to kill her. She's hiding. And then suddenly he finds her, grabs her, but where's the knife? Okay, she's sure he's gonna. She's sure um, he's going to kill her, but he's like, "Hey, hey!" The reason he grabbed her is because she's about to fall in this giant hole in the ground where I guess maybe there's gonna be an elevator shaft or some shit. Doesn't really say. But he's like, "Hey, you almost fell down there!" And then they suddenly hear a sound. So Rick goes to investigate. She hears a struggle, and there's Doctor Price, and she's like, "Oh, thank you, Doctor Price. Oh my goodness, thank goodness you're here." I'm, you know, I was, Rick is trying to attack me and all this things going on. He's like, come here, hon. It's okay. You, you know, you can trust me. Yada, yada, yada. He's like, come on. And as she gets closer to him, she looks and there is Rick on the floor with a surgical knife slash scalpel in his back. Well, now she don't know what the hell she needs to be thinking. This poor Lori don't know her ass from a hole in the ground at this time, but she still thinks she can trust um dr price so she goes to him and suddenly rick wakes up and he's screaming no no and he's trying to distract her and can you imagine the confusion in this poor bitch's head poor Lori. again bless her heart she's just she does not know she's laurie i'm sorry i know you want to grow up to be a doctor and that's kind of why you're in this volunteer role but honey you're a few surgical knives short of a box of surgical knives oh lord almighty but so then as Rick is saying, no, no, he's trying to tell her he's, he basically starts to lay everything bare. He's like, he's working with Mrs. Dean. That's not really Toby's mom. They're kidnapping kids and selling them. Mic drop. Say what? Say what? We, we got some child trafficking ring up in this hospital. This is where shit went off the rails and not like the fun went off the rails, but went off the rails in a WTF way, y'all. So... She's like, he's like, where's my sister, Beth? I know you have something to do with her. What have you done with her and all these other kids? And then Dr. Price begins fighting with them. He's like, ah, he suddenly it comes out. He's, uh, Ricky's telling, Ricky, Rick is telling the truth. And Dr. Price is coming toward them and they're backing up slowly toward the hole. Dr. Price attacks them, ends up falling with Lori down into the hole. But at the last minute, um, Rick grabs her and saves her and pulls her up out of the hole where poor Dr. Price falls, presumably to his death. I really, honestly, I'm going to check because I can't remember if it says he dies, but I'm nearly positive. So I'm going to check back, pull them both in his face. Ah, oh, here, great. Hurdle downward. Do, 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 pendulum. Yeah, it does not say. Oh my goodness. Yeah, do, do, do. Do, 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 Dr. Price. Yeah, I'm going to assume he dies, by the way, just so we know. So, um, uh, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. We're looking for, see if Dr. Price dies. So, 
it's, you know, they're in the emergency room. They're being watched after stories over now. Um, Rick has saved her. Toby is safe. Turns out the other boy she saw was his twin brother. And basically Dr. Price was also after her, um, Hill- uh, her aunt Hillary because she was audited in the hospital and it was only a moment of time before she came across their child trafficking uh, ring. So there was just some crazy shit going down. Rick figured it all out because he was on the hunt to find his missing sister, Beth, who we still don't know what the hell happened to her, bless her heart. And that's it. That's where it ends. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. Maybe you didn't think it was that bad. I just thought it was, I thought it just, it was a lot of Lori running around the hospital confused. And it's just a little bit too much confused Lori in the hospital for me. And that, and like, I just, all of a sudden, like that was the big reveal of child traffic. I'm not saying child trafficking rings aren't a, you know, horrible thing, but it was just like, what? What? Now you see what I mean. This is not what the back of the book told me. This was false advertisement. False advertisement. Damn it. But anyway, you know, it happens. So I gave it a three because it was not my favorite. Obviously, I still enjoyed it because it's a Fear Street book, but mm, it's just a three. Good reads. Some people, I guess, other people do not agree with me. It has a 3.62, which is lower than the past couple, but still, you know, on average up there. As far as the type of fear, we've just got your good old-fashioned crime. Oh, Oh, my goodness. It's late. You, we just got your good old-fashioned crime child trafficking ring, you know. So we're going to file this one under crime. And body count, though, guys, we got none. We got two bodies. We got that poor bitch, Nurse Wilson. Um, you know, she's dead. That surgical knife slash scalpel to the throat. And then we've got Dr. Price, who presumably fell to his death. I'm gonna, So I'm going to say he's dead. So that's pretty awesome for him. Well, you know, you know, it's awesome, I guess. But, you know, bad guy dies. So justice to serve, maybe? I'm not sure. So there we have it. Of course, now you know, I know what you're waiting for. Maybe you've already guessed this, but clearly, I alluded to this at the beginning, clearly the queer is that mean bitch Nurse Wilton. You know, I told you I was getting Nurse Ratchet vibes. If you've seen the show, if you know, you know. So we have our first um, medical professional queer Sadly, she does not make it to the book to um, continue to be an alive queer. Now she's a dead queer. But Nurse Wilton, we salute you, even though you were a hard-ass bitch. Uh, we're going to assume it was just because you were a cranky nurse. Other than that, that's really the only explanation we have is you're an overworked, cranky nurse. We're sorry, Nurse Wilton. Um, we love you for being queer, and we're sad you're dead. But, you know, well, it is what it is. So there we have it. The, the, the nurse, almost called the nurse. The knife. Again, very lackluster. I was not, I was, this was when I was like, uh, and I, I had that feeling the whole, the whole shebang. It never held me once. So, uh, hopefully next week's episode, the prom queen will bring us a little bit more excitement and not so much meh. And also truth and advertising. I'm looking at you book. I literally am looking and pointing at the book. Like it's going to respond to me or cower in, um, embarrassment for its false advertisement. But that is it for this week's trip to Shadyside and Queer Street. So until then, have a great rest of your week and stay queer. Bye.